Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast and another episode of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you're having an all a fantastic, blessed, safe day today, as always. Hope you guys are staying healthy, as I'm sure you all are. And of course, if you guys need anything, you know where to get a hold of us, the healthmasters.com website. You keep us and this show alive and running every day to bring you guys the latest updates in health research every single day. So thank you for your support on that. If you guys need anything, the 12 days coupon, I told you guys we do that every single day, 12 days, 12DAYS coupon code is active on the N-acetyl cysteine, the one and only formula. It's incredibly good at detoxifying the body and helping to cleanse it out. Also helps strengthen the lung tissue. Very, very important formula, especially maintaining an immune system and detoxifying the body. So be sure to check that out on 24-hour sale and add the 12 days coupon for 10% off on that if you want to grab it. And also be sure to vote for what you want to see win coming up tomorrow's product of the week. Looks like the magnesium brain food powder is more than likely going to win by a landslide. Surprise, surprise. That's one of our number one products. I take it every day. Actually, I just took it last night and this morning. I usually take it before bed, and I also take it in the morning with my protein shake. So be sure to check out that. And the last day of the sale on the Muscle Blast formula, that's our branch chain amino acid formula, over 10% off right now. So check that out. Also, first thing that I saw here, and I kind of wanted to bring this up, and it's interesting. We've been watching this massive unfolding of immigration, illegal immigration, I should say, down at the southern border. And, you know, there's been all types of controversy around it. But one thing that I think everybody can agree on from a basis standpoint is that this is not sustainable. I talked to a friend of mine last night. I had a big uh, parade over at Eagle Lake. I took the kids to, and we took a truck over there. And my buddy, who's a sheriff, was actually putting it together because they haven't really had any Christmas parades over there in a while. And it turned out really good. A lot of good people out there talked to everybody. And one of the companies was out there. It's a towing company. And one of the owners I'm real good friends with, he just got back from New York. He took his wife up there on vacation for a couple of days. They had never been. And he said it will be his first and last trip to New York. He said it's insane what's happened up there now. He said he didn't realize it was that bad until he went up there on vacation. And he said the migrants up there are literally roving around huge parts of it. He now said some of the higher and nicer areas that have more law enforcement, uh, it's not as bad. He said, but the majority of the major hotels are all pretty much booked out right now. He said trying to find a place up there during Christmas was like next to impossible. He said there's certain areas you go and it's like – nobody speaks English. You're in New York City. I mean, nobody speaks English in these areas. And they just take over huge swaths of area. And uh, he said it was very strange. He said he'd never been there before to New York. But he can't imagine it's always been like that. And I told him, I said, I went there, you know, 15 years ago. And uh, I said, it was not like that at all. New York's always had, you know, crime and areas that are bad, this and that. That's nothing new. But again, you've never seen where you've had just hotel after hotel. I mean, I think the entire Roosevelt's like booked out now. I mean, that's, that's a really nice hotel. It's like completely booked out with migrants. I mean, just, just sold out. They're getting federal money now, and they don't care. They're getting, they're getting paid. Everything's full capacity, so they don't care. And it's interesting because now Texas governor just signed a law that gives local law enforcement, along with sheriffs and state troopers, the power to arrest illegal immigrants. Now, it's interesting about this. because I didn't know a whole lot about this as far as jurisdiction-wise until I read this article in more detail about it. And it said Texas Governor Greg Abbott signed in a border security bill yesterday. That will give state law enforcement full authority to arrest migrants who have entered Texas illegally and will allow local judges, not federal judges, local judges to order migrants out of the country. 
the move by the Republican governor puts into place one of the strictest immigration laws ever seen by a state in a set to clash with the federal government, which primarily has the authority over all immigration policy. Under the new rules, all law enforcement officials in the state of Texas have essentially the authority to detain migrants suspected of entering the nation illegally and arresting them. Because the offense is considered a misdemeanor, the judge has the authority to order the defendant to leave the country. He went on to say here, Biden's deliberate inaction has left Texas to fend for itself. And so he went on to say here, there's another issue that just happened on December 18th. U.S. Customs Border Protection temporarily shut down two railroad uh, border crossings in Texas to shift officers to help progress process more migrants. Rail operators have now said the closure at Eagle Pass in El Paso is going to massively hamper trade ahead of Christmas. And this is something that's getting really really bad down there even worse i think most people are stating there's another article that just came out and they said that the u.s border crisis has seen immigration court backlogs hit an all-time high they said the backlog now in pending immigration cases is over three million cases backlog now they said it every single judge has at minimum over 4500 pending cases each right now that they're trying to oversee and the number is growing faster than they can facilitate and go through the logs, meaning it's not sustainable what's happening right now. There's not enough judges to process this, and essentially what I think is going to be the the power play with the next move of trying to destabilize the United States with the Biden administration is basically the federal judge or federal court that's basically doing the bidding of Biden or however that works from a jurisdiction standpoint of coming in there and essentially dissolving all the cases and washing them out saying, okay, listen, we're going to give amnesty to these millions and millions and millions of backlogs on here because this isn't something sustainable that we can continue to keep working on. And I think that's the play that they're going to do right here is they're going to overwhelm the system so far that there's going to be no other option to do this and essentially you're just going to have even more and more and more illegal immigration coming in from all over the world remember this isn't just mexico it's the southern border there, there's a lot of individuals that are showing up now from the middle east from china from all over the world that have now pretty much like i've said before they've got the you know crispy cream hot donut light on telling the entire world hey we got hot donuts for free come across the border and we give you pretty much anything you want you know one of the major sheriffs in uh, texas came out i told you guys last week did a video and he was talking about how essentially these guys are coming across the border not only they're getting free cell phones they're basically getting free transportation to go pretty much anywhere in the country they're also getting thousands of dollars in prepaid gift cards and american express and visa gift cards that they can essentially use we're literally paying them when they get to this country. We're giving them free everything after they came here illegally when a lot of Americans right now are just trying to figure out how to buy groceries and pay for fuel costs and pay for expenses and pay for the massive electric bill that's gone up and the insane rent prices that have gone up. That's a serious issue right now. So, again, this is something that I'm, I'm glad Governor Abbott did this in Texas. I don't know how it's going to handle as far as in the courts, if this is going to get a lot of legal challenges. It probably is because now you're going to start dealing with a conflict between state and federal law, which, by the way, before the original Civil War, state superseded federal law. That's something nobody seems to understand. The states were their own states. They were essentially their own little country. The federal law was essentially – federal government was essentially there to have them together as a loosely knit group of states to come together if there was an emergency or an attack or a war. They could basically bring everybody together and fight 
to support and protect the United States of America. It was never designed to be set up like this where the feds could come in and override and supersede every single state law that was ever put into place, which essentially they can do now, and they can oversee everything and supersede everything. That's the problem that we've run into now in this country, and see that's one of the reasons why the republic was designed to function the way it was with state laws because it allowed the states to essentially govern themselves. It allowed it to be a government by the people for the people. Each state was different. Each state had different resources. Each state had different demographics and population density. Each state had different pros and cons. So you can't have every single state having to follow the exact same law all across the books. It couldn't work properly like that. And if you're going to have self-governing, you're going to have states that are essentially sovereign that you have to allow them the autonomy to be able to govern themselves. And that's why, and one of the factors of the Civil War, and why so many things were put into place afterwards to make sure that the Fed could come in and dictate and control over the states so that it was not allowed to happen again on that aspect. So just something to look at here. But this is definitely a uh, definitely something that's happening right now. Not a lot that can be done about it because the Fed's intentionally trying to allow this to happen. But again, it's something to be aware of and making sure, as I said before, wherever you're located in the beautiful country that we live in still, making sure you're staying protected, well-armed, well-trained, and continuing to keep your eyes out because there's a lot of people, I personally think, that are coming across that border that do not have healthy intent for this country, nor are they coming here because they want to live you know, in the land of the free. They're coming here because they want to exploit things and involved in criminal behavior. Just my personal take on that. What do you think, Dan? How are you doing this morning? Uh, doing great, Austin, but you know, New York City's always been kind of a melting pot of all the different cultures around the world, yeah. and there's always been a lot of different languages that have been talked and spoken up there. So, you know, a lot of it probably is for shock from him. The guy went up there that he's never been there before. So to him, it was like, uh, you know, just this giant cesspool, but then have to be a cesspool. It can be a melting pot. The problem is when you bring people in, like you said, Austin, who basically are against the United States or all they want is free stuff or want to have free housing or whatever. Remember a few months ago, they pulled and started pulling these people out of the hotels and they refused to go. They said, no, we're not going to do that. We don't want to go live in a tent city. Not going to happen. We're going to stay in a hotel. Now that's entitlement. They have already come to the United States of America on our dime and basically have lived in here for our dime. They don't want to have a job. They don't want to work. They want free hotels. And it's like you said, they've held out a Krispy Kreme donut side, and, and that's what they've done. And you know, they said, free everything. Come take it away. And that's, again, Cloward and Piven. And that was done because of what Abraham Lincoln did. And I've told you before, and I'll say it again. And I've had a lot of you guys get really mad at me about this, and I couldn't actually care less, honestly, because it doesn't matter. Your opinion and my opinion, they're all opinions is if I was president of the United States and I had the ability to do it, I would destroy the Lincoln Memorial. Oh, Ted just said that again. Yeah, I did. I'd take it out. I'd destroy it. Now, of course, the next president would probably come back in and build it bigger and better. But I'd take that, 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 that socialistic, communist, best friends of Karl Marx, tyrant with a wife who basically was a witch having seances in the White House, and I would, I would demartyr him. And I would turn him into the unbelievable socialist pig that he was and who he was and how he tried to take away states' rights. And what he did was Sherman marching to the sea and cutting a swath across, you know, Georgia, all the way to the ocean. You know, killing every living thing and burning every farm and destroying the back, breaking the back of the South. That was the oh, that was the United States of America. The same his own people supposedly. He turned Sherman loose on them, and I mean, just war crime after war crime after war crime. War crime Lincoln was involved with, and then he brought the Hessians over. And he brought all the other the other troops in from other countries and had paid mercenaries fighting the Civil War. Why don't we talk about what he did? And how, you know, it wasn't about slavery. That was a minor issue, which is really a major issue to a lot of people. I understand that. But it was about states' rights. 
You know, and the states were already giving up their slaves. And remember, Lincoln only freed the slaves in the South. He had no jurisdiction to do that. He never freed the slaves in the North with the Emancipation Proclamation. And there were many, many black people who also owned slaves. You know, this whole thing with slavery is another one of these, you know, you know, Kabbalist, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan rhetorics that they put together. There's still slavery going on right now in the world. And, and it's sad to me, and the people don't understand that it was the black leaders in Africa that were selling their own people into slavery to the Rothschild banking cartel who was trafficking almost all the slaves in the United States through England. Just let's look, look at who they were. Of course, they weren't called the Rothschild banking cartel back then. They were called the Kabbalist Luciferian Synagogue of Satan. That's, that's the group that does all of this stuff. It's always this guys, these guys. They also are the group that controls Disney. There you go. In fact, Nolte now says report says that Disney has already destroyed next year's box office with their woke agenda. Now, listen to how he wrote this. <clears throat> this is excellent. I'm quoting him. This is by John Nolte. Thanks primarily to the Disney grooming syndicate. Hollywood is looking at a terrible 2024. And until the industry and the psychophants who cover it admit to why their movies suck, they will only get worse. The shameless suck-ups at the Hollywood Reporter have already written a pre-excuse for the 2024 movie season, which is expected to top out about seven billion. How pathetic is that? In fact, 2024 will be the three will be three years out of COVID, and the domestic box office hasn't dipped below eight billion since 2001. Moreover, between 2015 and 2019, the box office topped 11 billion. The box office won't graze nine billion this year, so 7.5 billion in 2024 is beyond pathetic. The excuse. Naturally, the suck-ups of the Hollywood Reporter are still blaming COVID. Oh, and the actor-writer strikes. Thank heaven for the strikes. They arrived just in time. The industry needed a new excuse to avoid coming to terms with the truth that their movies suck. I'm reading this. This is what they're saying. So major blow to the post-pandemic recovery effort. Domestic box office revenue is 2024. is not expected to become in behind that of 2023. The culprit is sparse release calendar, particularly during the first three months of the year. It's a disaster, says one studio exec regarding the first part of the year. And, and then he goes on to say, he said, Dirty Dancing Rewake. It says basically uh, other movies that fled for 2025 when the, when the strikes commenced included Blade, Ilio, Thunderbolts, and Dirty Dancing. Yes, that Dirty Dancing remake was certain to set the box office on fire. Not. But the culprit is not a lean release calendar. That's only a symptom. Let's do what the entertainment media would never do and look at why three of the biggest movies of 2024 have been moved to 2025. Marvel's Captain America, Brave New World, is preparing to go through months and months of reshoots. That has nothing to do with COVID or the strikes. According to the credible reports, these reshoots result from terrible test scores, not the normal reshoots expected with tentpole films. In other words, the movie sucks and is about to go through another reshoot process long enough to the entire film of the movie do it over again. Marvel's Blade isn't a victim of anything other than Disney handling the project over to the DEI-obsessed propagandist who turned it into unfillable scripts. Disney's live-action Snow White remains live-action Snow White remake is not is also not a victim of anything other than its self-absorbed Rachel Ziegler running around bad-mouthing the movie and Disney's lunatic decision to use politically correct magical beings instead of the iconic dwarfs. According to some reports, Disney's already sunk 300 million into this and now is being postponed to 2025 and hope that all the bad PR will be forgotten. There's also talk that we will get the CGI dwarfs now. I mean, and it goes on and on and on, but I love that first sentence that he says here. I'm going to read it again. Thanks primarily to Disney's grooming syndicate, grooming syndicate, grooming young children. Hollywood is looking at a terrible 2024. 
And you stop and you look at it, you go, well, why are these guys doing all this stuff? Well, it goes right back to the people who run the planet. Look at Madonna in the latest article from Daily Mail. Madonna, if you want to believe this is Madonna, okay, I've never seen a 65-year-old look like this in the face. She's like she's 20. So I don't know what kind of adrenochrome she's using, but it must be something that you know must be on the market at a really high price. It goes, Madonna, 65, reveals that she was in an induced coma for 48 hours after a lung and kidney failure, and she thanks her friends and her Kabbalah teacher for saving her life, just in case you don't think she was a Kabbalist, because a lot of you guys, well, how do you know Madonna's a Kabbalist? You know, you don't know that. I'm reading it, what she said now, that she's a Kabbalist. And you stop and you look at it and you go, this is insane that this is happening right now. The entire planet has been overtaken by evil. You know, the Pope now, Pope Francis, of course, you, you, I can't stand this guy anyhow. He was directly involved with Operation Condor down in, down, down in Argentina. Pope Francis, Pope Francis publishes norms for clergy to now bless homosexual couples. Pope Francis' new document allows clergy to bless any homosexual couple. It's a contradiction to the unchangeable Catholic teaching that the church cannot bless sinful relationships. Vatican City. Basically, Pope Francis and Cardinal Mantal Fernandez have issued a text allowing blessings for couples of irregular situations and for couples of the same sex in contradiction to, in contradiction to Catholic doctrine. Now, I'm not going to read all of this because it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me anyhow, but the point is that's what he's doing. Remember, this is the same pope that was involved in Operation Condor and sending his own parishioners to death out of the back of transport planes with concrete blocks strapped around their ankles that he didn't like that were against the CIA and dropping them off 100 miles out into the ocean and killing them all by the thousands. Same guy. Just thought I'd mention him to you. In addition to that, when I was in Argentina, when I was in Buenos Aires, I was there. We took a cruise. It left Buenos Aires. We were in Argentina, and we were in Buenos Aires for like three days before the cruise left. And his parishioners in his cathedral that he was in, I started asking questions about him. He was already pope. They loathed him. They absolutely hated him, and they told me what a horrible person he was and how nobody liked him there. And now he's, of course, the pope. And just to make sure the Christmas season was really being blessed over there in Jerusalem, Israeli forces have killed two Christian women in Gaza, parish, and destroyed a convent. Yeah. The Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem is reporting that two Catholic women were shot and killed by an Israeli sniper while inside the Holy Family Parish inside of Gaza. Around the same time, an Israeli tank destroyed the covenant of sisters of Mother Teresa missionaries of charity. This is unreal. The Latin parishioner of Jerusalem has announced that the Israeli military shot and killed these innocent Catholics in the parish of Gaza while also using a tank to destroy the convent. In a statement posted on X, formerly Twitter, around 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday, December 16th, the Patriarch reported that women named Nahida and her sister Samara were murdered by Israeli defense sniper while inside of the Holy Family Parish property, which is loaded inside of Gaza City. Uh, Merry Christmas, all of you people that are really supporting Israel in all this. I'm glad they were Christians, aren't you? That you're going to support the killing of these innocent women as Gaza gets basically stripped and burned and looted. The once, how should I say, open-air concentration camp is now being turned to rubble, and the Christians are being needlessly slaughtered by snipers. But we're going to support them no matter what happens. In fact, a really interesting article from Global Research by Stephen Saluti says, Darkness in Bethlehem is Christian 2023 is canceled, and Palestinian Christians are under attack. And um, I'm going to read you part of this. The Christmas in the rooms of all the hotels of Bethlehem are empty. Local businesses are suffering because no Christian pilgrims wanted to travel to what is an increasingly looking like a war zone. Bethlehem, the birthplace of Jesus, has canceled Christmas for the year. 
I mentioned this several weeks ago, for the first time since modern celebrations began. The birthplace of Jesus will not decorate the manger square tree. In the original first Christmas story, Joseph and Mary were turned away from the rooms that were full. The Israeli government has a plan to transform Christian sites at the Mount of Olives into a national park. The future of ancient churches and biblical studies and sites is uncertain because Israel wants ultimately to turn all of them into tourist attractions to profit after they've gotten rid of the Christians. I'm just reading you what it says. You guys can read this on your own. The IDF, Israeli Defense Force, raids and attacks in the occupied West Bank. Merry Christmas with subsequent arrests have been going on well before, but has intensified since the October 7 attacks. Has the various churches in Jerusalem, the occupied West Bank, and Jordan have made a collective decision to make Christmas a somber one. Christmas is a public holiday in the Muslim-majority Jordan, in which many city squares and shopping malls are fed with seasonal decorations. Now, I'm going to read you this. This is important because it comes off and it breaks and it says the American evangelical Zionists. Now, it's going to pick one pastor here, Greg Locke. He's not alone in this, so I'm not picking on Greg Locke, but I'm just saying they're quoting him on this. He says, we have a rule to speak our friends in the West, said David Ratari, president and general superintendent of the Assemblies of God, Church of Jordan. Jesus did not teach us to blindly side with anyone against another. He referred to a viral video of Tennessee-based pastor Greg Locke calling on Israel to turn Gaza into a parking lot and to blow up the Dome of the Rock to make room for the Third Temple and to usher in the return of Jesus. Local evangelicals of the Holy Lands, Rihanna said, refused to be associated with such Christian Zionism. John Munayer, a Jerusalem Palestinian who belongs to the small Palestinian evangelical church, said the harassment of Christians, which has increased especially over the past six months, has international ramifications. You know, I've told you guys this repeatedly about the Third Temple and the Dome of the Rock, and that they have to bring in a Third Temple to bring their Antichrist out, who's going to pierce himself with the Spear of Destiny, and the Holy of Holy cut himself, shed his own blood on the altar, and walk out and declare himself God. Now, here's the thing. They've been taught from the Schofield Reference Bible that this will usher in the end times, which will usher in the return of Jesus. Now, the problem I have with all of this stuff, and I'm not going to get into it today because I don't want to have a bunch of debates on your – when you guys email me and ask Dr. Ted B at Yahoo.com, I don't want to deal with all that. But here's the thing. We know prophecy is going to be fulfilled. We know scripture is going to be fulfilled. But we also know that it's been twisted beyond belief because of the Schofield Reference Bible. So we have to be careful on what we believe and what we don't believe about any of this stuff. But I'm going to talk directly now to the evangelical Christian Zionists who want the rebuilding of the Third Temple and they want to have the Antichrist come. What's wrong with you? Now I'm talking to you now. What's wrong with you? You know, why are you so bent on going up in your belief of a rapture so you can sit in the heavenly grandstands and watch the earth be completely and totally destroyed by the Antichrist? Because you think you're getting raptured to leave first. I've got a question to ask you. I've heard a lot of different theories about a pre-tribulation rapture, a mid-tribulation rapture, and a post-tribulation rapture. And I can say that I can honestly say, like Scott Fitzgerald said, I can look at it from both sides of this equation, and I can see some truth and some foul falsehood in all of these different theories. I can. But here's the question I'm going to ask you as a Christian. As a lover of Jesus, when the love of God is supposed to be in you, why would you wish for the release of the Antichrist on this planet through a third temple? Why would you wish, if you believe in a pre-trib rapture, 
in the event that you don't get a pre-trib, you get a mid-trib. In the event that you don't get a pre-trib or a mid-trib or a post-trib rapture, why would you want to take any kind of chance of you being here? I'm asking you that question. And why would you want the entire planet to be slaved under Satanism? Because the Third Temple was being built. So when people like Greg Locke, and I'm not picking on Greg. I don't know him personally. But I'm talking about all these evangelicals, including John Hagee and all these weirdos. I'll pick on John Hagee a little while. They want to come out and they want to push this Christian Zionism and that no matter what Israel does, it's God's will for Israel. No matter how many Christians Israel kills, it's God's will for the world for Israel to do this. This is pure nonsense. The word of God cannot be broken. They will know that you love them, because that you are my disciples because you love one another. That's what Jesus told us. He told us to forgive one another. He didn't tell us, like one pastor said, to take sides on different things like this. And say, oh, we've got to kill this whole group of people. We've got to turn them into a glass parking lot. Look, I want to say something to you. There are a lot of really bad Muslims. There are. There's really a lot of good Muslims. And there's a whole bunch of bad Jews. And there's really a bunch of really good Jews. And there's a whole bunch of bad Christians. And there's really a whole bunch of good Christians. You know, not it doesn't mean that these people are necessarily good or bad based upon their religion, but upon their actions. Now, are they saved if they don't believe in Jesus Christ, if they don't have a relationship with the Most High God through Jesus and a blood covenant that Jesus established? No, they're not saved. It doesn't mean they're not good people. They can be really nice. I, I, I know some really nice Muslims. I know some really nice Jews. You know, I know some really nice Christians and some really bad of all of them. The reality is it's individuals again. It's the individual person you've got to look at and make a decision on, is this person good or is this person bad based upon their fruit? Doesn't Jesus tell us to look at the fruit? And that's the problem I've got with all of this stuff. You know, Pat Robertson, I used to watch the 700 Club back in the 90s. And he started talking about the Federal Reserve Banks and started talking about things. And all of a sudden, they were going to take away his 5013C status from Regent University because he was quote, doing political stuff. Now, I believe personally that Pat Robertson was a high-level Mason. I watched him do the Lion's Paw or whatever that one picture is on Time Magazine or whatever he did on the front cover. I believe that he was a high-level Mason, and I believe almost all of these top TV evangelists, and I'm not going to mention any more names, are involved in Masonic Lodges. I believe that. I mean, how in the world do you get primetime TV at 9 o'clock or 9 p.m. at night on a major network You know, to have an evangelical crusade? You bring people into the crusade, and I believe that a lot of people got saved in those crusades, but then you don't teach them anything as far as with the word of God, and you try to incorporate them in the ecumenical movements into other churches that may or not even believe in the lordship of Jesus Christ. I'm just saying these things because I'm not going to mention any names in all this, but it's weird. How do you get tent ministries that get so big they become national prominent TV ministries, and suddenly they start building universities around the country, and their own children, one of them, commit suicide because they're gay, and another one basically has been recused of being homosexual and, and basically having sex with young boys? How do, you, how, do you, how do you get that big and not have the fallout and the blowback from all of this stuff? How do you get the prime time? How do you get all of that stuff if someone's not grooming you and setting you up to come in and undermine Christianity from the root? The root is repentance to Christ, repentance to God, and understanding that Jesus Christ is the Son of the Most High God. You know, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ his Son, was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He is descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again from the dead. He sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. How can you take those tenets of the church and distort them to a point that it becomes, yeah, I'm a name it, claim it, blab it, grab it guy, and as long as you give me money, you'll be blessed because I've got my three private jets and I've got my four or five mansions around the country. I knew one that had 25 different mansions around the country. I knew him personally. 
I remember one day I was back in the ready room at a major TV networks, Christian TV networks in California. And I had was going to be on with an individual as a guest. And he was talking to one of the founders of the network and the founder of the network. They were going out discussing having wine that night and drinking. Yeah. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having a glass of wine. There's not. But I don't really do it. It makes you fat anyhow. And I don't want to deal with the complications as far as associated with you know, having DNA that basically people have in my, it's in my family as far as becoming alcoholic. I have no interest in any of that stuff. I don't drink. But very, very rarely. Maybe I have a glass of beer every once in a while. But just openly talk about going out and having wine, having wine at a thing. Then you find out that the top guys, he, he basically is a homosexual. Oh, yeah, on and on and on. Don't, don't even get me started on this stuff. I was behind the scenes with these guys, and I know what goes on behind the scenes with some of these big groups. And it nauseates me. I can't stand it. But the reality is this. How many of these guys have gotten a nod from the high-level Masonic groups? Or the Badani Birth. How many of them? How many of them have that type of influence because they were just lucky? No, the vast majority of these people that have these huge, huge networks and all these other things that they do, it's because they followed the drum and they've marched to the beat of Zionism, and they've become what they needed to become in order to have what they have. And the sad part about it is, some of them wake up, some of them never do. And you got to look at who these people are. You got to look at their personal fruit in their lives. And you got to ask yourself a simple question: Are they really showing the love of Jesus when they promote this stuff and the destruction, the wholesale destruction of Palestine, and the wholesale killing of women and children, and the wholesale destruction of a convent and, and nuns and everybody else that are there by Israeli snipers? Where is the Merry Christmas in all of this? That's why I was being facetious when I said that at the beginning of the show. Why do we think any of that's okay? They will know that you're my disciples because you love one another, not because you approve of being sniped and killing somebody from a thousand meters. None of that's okay to me, and that's how I feel about it. I really believe that Christians have the authority and the power to change the world back to what it needs to be, but we've got to take it. The Bible says the kingdom of God has been advancing since the beginning of time, and the righteous take it by force. We've got to lay hold of it. And we have to grab it and seize it and say, no more of this. We're not going to put up with this stuff. When Schofield and Darby and all the gang with Untermeyer that I've talked about so many times pushed that Schofield reference Bible over 100 years ago into the high circles of New York and had it printed by Oxford Press in England and distributed to all the major seminaries all over the world, it was done on purpose to destroy the very fabric of Christianity and the belief structures that have been around for 2,000 years. Just thought I'd mention that. But we as Christians – we need to continue to stand with the word of God and realize that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, that this is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice, and we will be glad in it, and we will continue to proclaim the lordship of Jesus Christ all the days of our life. That's how I feel on this week before Christmas. Austin, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? Well, you're 100% right about that. You know, that's that's. <laughs> I've been watching more and more of these things that are going on now. Now they're talking about how Hezbollah has basically hit part of the Iron Dome's rocket systems that they have, and all this constant theater, whether or not a lot of it is going on or it's not. I think a lot of it is. The conflict in those countries has been going on for thousands of years. I talked about it on the Hagman show a couple of weeks ago. I said it's ironic to me now. People suddenly get so concerned about this and that and they want to support this. And I'm like, dude, these guys have been in a conflict for thousands of years. Same thing when you hear about what was going on with Ukraine and Russia. Ukraine and Russia were in a conflict since 2014. And suddenly you had people, oh, I, I stand with Ukraine. I put a Ukraine flag in my front yard. I'm like, are you Ukrainian? No. Is your family from Ukraine? No. 
Why are you supporting Ukraine? Because it's the thing to do. And I said, okay, where's Ukraine on a map? Well, it's it's it's, it's right, right 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 there. I'm like, nuts. That's Turkey, bro. That's that's not Ukraine. We're try again. Well, it's it's I don't know. It's, it's it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm like, well, maybe you should figure out the country, the flag you're flying in your front yard is on a map before you start blindly supporting just because somebody told you to do so. And that's the problem that we've run into now. It's such a serious issue in this country where people don't want to actually do any research about what they're supporting. It comes all the way down to the medical field. It comes into the Christian communities. It comes in the political fields. It comes to the mainstream media. People have become so just accepting of whatever they hear. Nobody wants to ask questions. And there's so much distractions out there, so much distractions. And it's, it's done like that on purpose. It's designed to keep people distracted. You keep people constantly looking in the different directions so they don't actually see what's really going on. And then when people do get on a topic, they do get on something that they may be accurate about. When they do start asking questions, the real hard questions, they have to be immediately shut down. That's why you always know. I've said this 50 times. And I'll say it again. This is why you always know. If you have somebody start telling you this is what you have to support and this is what you have to do and this is what you have to follow and you question it and they get unbelievably mad and they start fighting with you and calling you conspiracy theorists and a racist and all these things because you ask a simple question, you now know you're touching a hot topic of what the truth really is. Because anybody that's speaking the truth, actual truth, and they're confident on the truth and they know it's in the best interest of everyone to know the truth, if somebody asked them a legitimate question, You've got a legitimate rebuttal to it, and you can back it up. Say, no, that's really it's probably not the best thing to do. Why? Why do you think we should be wearing masks? I think we should all be wearing masks. Well, that's that's not accurate at all. There's you know here's twelve different research studies that show that masks have not decreased respiratory infections or COVID or flu over decades now. In research that there's significant psychological impacts on the body and physiological impacts on the body from wearing masks all day long. Consider the fact that most of these masks are not being swapped out every thirty minutes to an hour with clean masks with you know scrub down hands that people are putting them in their pocket, they're putting them back on their face, they're dropping them on the ground, they're putting them in their car all day long. There's no upside beneficial aspect of it. It massively increases bacterial pneumonia when you keep wearing a mask all day long. You're recycling your air and not getting toxins out like you're designed to do. Oh, that's interesting. Well, that's, that's my take on it. Do your own research. But when you have somebody say, well, I think, I think everybody's be wearing a mask. Well, I, I, here's my rebuttal. And they start screaming. They start yelling. They start cussing. They start telling you you're a racist grandma killer because you don't want to wear a mask. Pretty much spot on. That person's completely and totally brainwashed, and there's no truth in anything they're saying. Just my stance on that because there's, there's something to be said when someone in authority of power will not allow you to ask any questions or rebuttal anything that they're saying, and you cannot question the narrative whatsoever. That's always a big red flag to me when you should start questioning everything they say. <laughs> also, too, speaking of that, the CDC has now put out a massive emergency health advisory at the beginning of last week, warning that the very low vaccination rates are causing an increase in infections. This is the summary they put out here. This is the CDC is issuing a health alert network advisory to alert healthcare providers with very low vaccination rate against influenza, COVID-19, and RSV. These low vaccination rates, coupled with an increase in national respiratory diseases, is caused by multiple pathogens, including SARS, COVID-2, and RSV, could lead to more severe disease and death. In addition, the recent increase in cases of MISC following SARS-CoV-2 has been reported. Healthcare providers need to immediately administer influenza, COVID-19, and RSV immunizations now to patients. 
healthcare providers should recommend medications for influenza and COVID for all eligible patients. Healthcare providers should also counsel patients about continual testing and other measures, including wearing masks, proper ventilation, and washing your hands, protecting against respiratory diseases. Now, I can't say there's anything wrong with washing your hands and using proper you know, precautions, not touching your face and your eyes, but it's ironic to me now that the CDC in bold is stating that the healthcare workers and the healthcare basically administrators need to start immediately increasing their COVID and influenza and uh, flu injections into everyone. This, again, is another prime example of what happens when you have a desperate regime, when you have a group that's not getting the desired outcome they want. They start demanding that everybody start doing what they say and that everything needs to be done because it's another public health emergency. Everybody needs to stop what you're doing right now. You need to go get three experimental shots that have never been tested long term altogether whatsoever, and you need to get them right now because it's science. Granted, I think now the vast majority of people that are even mildly awake, mildly awake, have now come to the conclusion that everything we were told is a lie. I saw an article yesterday that somebody sent me. It was on Instagram, and it was from a um, it's like a conservative patriot post, and it basically asked on there, you know, if you had a chance to do it over again, would you get the shot or would you still not continually get the shot? I mean, basically like a survey. And it's funny, it had like eighteen thousand comments on this post already. It had been up for like a couple hours, and I literally scrolled through for probably two or three minutes, and I couldn't find one single comment that somebody said, oh yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad that I got it. I would definitely do it again. Every single comment was like, F no, absolutely not. No, no, I would not get it. Never did it. True blood will never, ever get it. I would never do it again. It just went on and on and on and on. I'm sitting there laughing and I'm like, yeah, that's a real response that you're seeing in the general population. Now, if you watch mainstream media, you watch CNN, oh, they'll love to tell you that the, the uptake's super high, that everybody's feeling so good after they get the shot. These things are not moving for good reason because people are realizing that this whole thing was a complete and total manipulated, fabricated lie from the very beginning and that everything needs to be questioned in the future. That being said, that means that there's a strong possibility that they're going to try to pull some other card now out in the next year or two to try to force people to go along with more controls and more measures because COVID now is essentially – it's burned out. You know, Now they're starting to see all these side effects from people getting all these infections, and like we talked about before, a lot of them are directly related to the massive injection schedule that so many of them got because at the same time – You've got in people's immune systems that are massively compromised. Instead of taking, you know, high doses of vitamin C, D3, zinc, and acetylcysteine and maintaining your natural immune system, a lot of these people's immune systems are heavily compromised now after four, five, six shots. And that's the problem. You can't vaccinate your way out of a pandemic or simply vaccinate your way into safety and protection. It doesn't work like this, especially when you're dealing with viruses. It doesn't happen. All you continually do is overload the immune system instead of allowing the body to get natural immunity to it and work on its own and give it the natural supplementation that it needs. Also, to another news, this is interesting. BlackRock and State Street, the two heavy hitters we talk about a lot in here, they have now been subpoenaed over ESG goals. You guys know I've talked about them before, is that the House Judiciary Committee has now subpoenaed BlackRock and State Street as part of an investigation into the firm's promotion of environmental, social, and government's goals. The committee's probe is focused on whether these efforts violate antitrust laws. Now, 
I have a feeling this isn't going to go anywhere. Obviously, we pretty much know that the House is doing nothing. Obviously, they're completely and totally compromised losers that all need to be rolled out, in my opinion. We need to have a full, true election to restore a republic and get these clowns out of there, That these career criminals that are based in politics. That's just my side note. Essentially, though, at least this is coming to light and bringing some stuff to the surface that people can talk about and dig into more said the company was initially asked to provide documentation on the subject, but the committee deemed their compliance inadequate, leading to the issue of the subpoena. The investigation is part of a broader House GOP effort to look into investigating practices related to the ESG goals. ESG ratings have merely been a ploy to force companies to adhere to the Build Back Better agenda by adhering to climate goals. Essentially, these are massive international political lobbying groups that are designed to control the population and force people into submission is what they are. The first bill that Joe Biden vetoed was intended to dissolve the ESG climate social credit score. That was actually a bill that was on the floor that rolled to him, and he vetoed it. The bill passed 50 to 46 in the Senate before being destroyed by Biden. Out of all the issues facing America, Biden chose to use his presidential powers to kill this bill as the first thing he did. BlackRock CEO Larry Fink naturally supported his veto. No, 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 duh. The companies have began, began backing away from ESG and green woke social scores. However, you've now seen that more and more companies have tried to change the name and change the agenda that they're going on to because essentially they've been criticized by claiming BlackRock and State Street are environmental police now. And essentially what they've done is they've gone in, and we've explained this, they take a company like, say, Ford, and because they're such large shareholders along with State Street and Vanguard, they come in now and essentially control huge swaths of the board. And they'll come in and say, all right, Ford Motor Company, we're simply telling you that you have to start following these ESG scores. You've got to become greener. You've got to start producing these crappy trucks that are fully electric that nobody wants. doesn't matter. You have to produce them. You've got to go in now and you've got to start incentivizing everyone on your board and your CFO and everyone else around that they need to start promoting these agendas. If they do, they'll get bonuses. If they don't do it, they'll essentially lose massive bonuses. Then you got to start incentivizing people to do exactly what you tell them to do based on financial incentives. This is what BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard has been doing to hundreds of companies all across the entire country, and they've been doing it to try to force the agenda. That's why you've seen so many companies become so woke suddenly and start pushing such erroneous, moronic ideology, yet you can't really figure out why. Like, Why would these companies go completely against what they stood for for decades and suddenly start pushing this agenda? This is why. It's all based around money. Money makes the world go around, sadly, as much as that is. But again, at the end of the day, if you can get companies with as much clout and as much pull, you know, handles what, 10, 11, they're, they're 10 or 11 trillion dollars now as far as what BlackRock does. They got that kind of pull. They can start pushing the agenda through the World Economic Forum, which is exactly what they've been doing. So this is why now essentially the uh, House has set up this investigation. And again, whether or not it goes anywhere, we'll see. But at least it's something that's out there that more and more people can look at and address and other companies can maybe start standing up if they've been if they've dealt with this or they've been bullied by this. Because that's what all this is. This is just essentially company bullying. It's a company that comes in now, a firm like BlackRock, has this amount of pull. And they bully everyone into doing their agenda. That's what it is. And so this is something that really, really needs to be addressed. And a lot of these companies, as I hope they will, will start pushing back. 
the issue you run into is when you start having shares that are controlled by multiple companies like these guys, if they decide they want to dissolve your company or they want to start dropping shares of your company, they can do so, as we've seen now multiple times from companies that suddenly start dropping, dropping value. And everybody wonders why. You never know. Behind the scenes, could have had some conflict of people not wanting to go with the ESG agenda, environmental, social, and government's goals. So something I thought I would throw out there. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting as well. Article came out now, and it's talking about the 5G super hotspots that are starting to become some of the most dangerous places on Earth. And they're saying how that 5G super hotspots are targeted venues throughout larger cities in America where 5G has been amped up tremendously. They said not only are these hotspots being used to aggressively promote 5G-compatible IT, they're also being exploited to test detrimental variations in the technology such as crowd control and psychological manipulation. Now, I've read numerous studies on this now, and you guys know 5G systems were originally intended to be active denial platforms. They work on the same frequency structure. This goes all the way back to the 90s when they started working on active denial platforms and the ability to have a less lethal, essentially invisible weapon that can disperse crowds and start causing all types of crazy things to happen. Now, some people are much more susceptible to 5G than others. That's been shown now. Certain people's mitochondria, their uptake of it, their body's resiliency, their strength, their energy. Certain people are really susceptible. Other people, it doesn't affect them as bad to an extent. And what you're seeing now is here, you start to wonder why you're starting to see some of these areas where suddenly there's four or 500 people in a mall that start brawling all of a sudden and start running around and rampaging. Nobody can figure out, and it wasn't even something that was orchestrated. They just start going out acting crazy. You see other places where you start having people get unbelievably violent out of no reason. Now, could they be on drugs? Could they be having a bad day? Could they be losing their mind? Absolutely. But is 5G causing any of this? Million-dollar question, especially when you start seeing these towers come up all over the place, especially in major cities where, you know, I mean, I went to Tampa not too long ago on the one – expressway bridge when you're coming in to 275 you can look and see because it's elevated road elevated uh, uh toll road and you can see on both sides these 5g towers because you know they don't bring them very high off the ground they only go up about 100 200 feet off the ground and they have to be with an eye view essentially of one another to be able to connect because the 5g is not very long so what they do is they have to build a grid system of 5g and if you look at it when you're at that elevated position it's very creepy because you'll see it they're slightly above every single building structure in most cases, and they're very large microwave energy towers, and they're essentially an eye shot of one another so they can bounce off one another. Something to be very aware of and understand that some of these 5G systems can be very effective in making people lose their minds, so to speak, cause all types of health problems, not sleep which I think is one of the biggest factors that we've seen now with 5G testing is the the disruption of sleep. Sleep is crucial to the body. Sleep is crucial to the brain. That's when the brain has to be able to relax and calm down and essentially go into REM sleep and recover and allow the body to recover and release growth hormone. And that's crucial to the body. Now, when you start having something where somebody can't sleep for a while, they start going into delusional psychosis. They do not function properly whatsoever. You can only do sleep deprivation for so long. Some people can handle it longer than others. Others cannot. 5G has been directly linked to that. I've talked to so many people now over the last couple of years that suddenly started having horrific issues trying to sleep. I mean, I'm talking probably a dozen people. And I talked to one of my friends who's a realtor the other day, and she was asking us about – she was at the house with her husband. 
but I showed her my 5G, uh, the uh, not 5G, the um, Wi-Fi router as far as it's up in my attic, and I have full access to it, and it's on an outlet that I have a switch down to in my bedroom that I have that I, I switch off every single night. I shut the 5G off and make the whole house go dark with internet. There's no internet at all. I do solar board throughout my whole house, so it blocks. There's, there's hardly any internet or any even phone service in my house whenever anyone, I can walk outside. You know what? That's a side effect that I'll deal with, and I sleep like a baby when the internet's off my house, and so does my wife. So again, it's something to be aware of and look at, but I've always tell people, man, turn those 5G routers off at night when you're trying to go to bed. They are not healthy. They are not safe. There's numerous research that has shown what they do. One of the easiest things you can look at just from a visual standpoint, a very basic, simplistic research study is what they did in a doggone middle school a couple of years ago, and they took sprouts little you know, plant sprouts, and they planted them. They had two exact same seeds from the exact same batch, and they planted the exact same way with the watering, the soil, everything. They took this big batch of sprouts. They put one in one classroom. It had no internet service whatsoever. There were no, no internet, no 5G, no Wi-Fi, nothing. It was pretty much just a room, same amount of light, natural light. They did another room, same amount of natural light, same amount of watering platform, except they took a 5G Wi-Fi router, and they put it right beside the sprouts. When the time they started sprouting, both of them started sprouting at the same time, within three to four days, the sprouts that were beside the Wi-Fi router were so diseased-looking, barely coming up, all falling apart, unbelievably unhealthy, white and gray in most areas, weren't even green, weren't even doing much of anything at all. They were essentially dying as this slow, decaying death while they were trying to sprout. The other one in the other room, they had the exact same variables except no 5G. They were fully vivid and full light, bright green, already going to the sky, ready to go, probably two or three times the size. That right there shows you how detrimental 5G is just on living plants. Think what it does to living tissue and human beings that are much more complex than a plant. If I can find that study, I'll throw it back on the website. There's photos of everything. and They documented it to see what it would actually do. And again, that shows you right there. Just that alone shows you right there why you should shut your 5G off at night and something to be very, very aware of. What do you think, Dad? What's your next story? Well, I do the same thing. And I've mentioned before many times that, you know, if I forget to turn off my 5G router at night, invariably I'll wake up at 2 or 3 in the morning and I'm like, what's, what's going on? And sometimes I'll get out of bed and it goes, oh, she's on. Sometimes I just bounce through the night trying to sleep and then get up in the morning. Oh, that's why I slept like that last night because the 5G was on. And just, just unplug it. That's the easiest thing to do. I mean, if you don't want to, you, you want to get those little, little push button switches if you want little, you know, little power strip and just do it like that. So you're not messing with the plugs all the time. But just leave that stuff off at night because the pineal gland thinks that's light. And so it doesn't produce enough melatonin. It keeps you tossing and turning all night. It's not healthy whatsoever. You know, I had spoken about, you know, Lincoln and the war on the South a few moments ago. And it's interesting. Paul Craig Roberts just came out with a really good article on that very same topic. I want to read part of it. And he says that, you know, he says uh, people basically, he goes, another issue that was when readers encounter a new idea such as Lincoln's war for the tariff, they asked me for references for articles to read. The conflict between the North and the South over the tariff went on for many years. The North wanted a tariff to protect its industry from the more efficient British. The South would pay the tariff by being forced from a higher price. Tariff would make British manufacturers a purchase to the North's manufacturers. The South saw this as raw exploitation. When the tariff finally passed. The South succeeded from the Union. Lincoln invaded the Confederacy in order to recapture the manufacturer-dependent agricultural section of the country to finance northern industrialization. The notion of the war was not a civil war, as the South succeeded and had no interest whatsoever in fighting over who controlled the government in Washington. Was a war over slavery is an obvious lie. 
In his inaugural address, Lincoln offered the South a constitutional amendment guaranteeing the South the institutional slavery forever if the South would agree to stay in the Union and pay the tariff. But Lincoln's war criminals so thoroughly destroyed the South that it wasn't much of a market. The factual history is still available in public records, but the memory holes research reach is growing, and soon all accumulated scholarship over every issue considered non-woke will disappear. The documentation of the tariff issue is extensive. I don't know where to best pick an explanation. When we had libraries with books, research was easy, but the digital revolution has prevented mass censorship of all that is not woke. Big tech, which controls access to hand-in-hand with our increasingly tyrannical rulers. The third issue that I will address is the cause of children. The failure of American education is so complete that many of our younger people cannot tell the difference between an explanation and a justification. It's not their fault. It is the fault of their teachers. The universities that train the teachers and the bureaucrats who run the school systems, students are taught that disapproved people and concepts are dismissed with demonization. For example, Nixon, Kissinger, Thomas Jefferson, and Trump supporters can be demonized but not sexual perverts. Indeed, sexual perversion is rapidly becoming a non-recognized thing because the concept is disappearing. Recently, in an effort to show the constraints such as public, uh, such as public attitudes that existed on public officials prior to the 21st century, in order to combat the distortion of history, I explained the constraints on Nixon and Kissinger that led to the Cambodian bombings. I did not justify the bombings, nor did I pass judgment on Nixon and Kissinger. I just explained the difficult situation they inherited from the Democratic Lyndon Johnson administrator, but some readers read my explanation as a justification and wondered what had become of my moral conscience. Like Hitler and Stalin, Nixon and Kissinger have been demonized. Yet if Nixon and Kissinger, who picked up President Kennedy's work, ended by his murder by the military security complex of diffusing the dangerous tensions with the Soviet Union and Miles China, Nixon and Kissinger opened the China and secured arms reduction agreements with the Soviet Union. They were immensely important achievements, but they threatened the power and budgets of the military security complex by reducing the communist threat. I'll let you guys go ahead and finish reading this. It's a really good article he wrote on this. But the truth is this. You know, he's right about a lot of the stuff that he says. Now, do I agree with everything Paul Craig Roberts say? No, I don't. I didn't like Nixon, and I don't like Kissinger. I think that Kissinger was basically responsible for millions of deaths along with Nixon, and they should never have stayed in Vietnam. So I believe that Paul Craig Roberts here is trying to justify his support of these two. To me, they are not supportive, period, at all. Now, did Nixon do a few things right? He probably did. Did Kissinger do a few things right? I don't think so. So we can't justify history based upon what our personal impressions and personal opinions are on any of these topics. That's how I see it. You've got to look at the facts, and then you've got to draw a conclusion, like Scott Fitzgerald said, the sign of true genius to be able to see both sides of the argument and justify both sides and see it from the other person's perspective. I understand that Paul Craig Roberts is trying to do that in this article, but I don't agree with Kissinger and Nixon being good people whatsoever. I think they were both career criminals, period. That's how I see both of them. But I know one thing, and this I know for sure, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, and that we're going to stand our ground And we're basically going to draw a line in the sand and we're going to say no more, no more, no more, no more. We're going to preach the truth. I love you guys. And again, I wish you a blessed, blessed Christmas season. This is the time of the year when we as Christians can stand tall and proud to know that we're celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Go ahead and finish it up, Austin. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. 
Uh, it's well said, and, and that's why it's so important to keep your mind strong on a lot of topics because this, the constant bombardment of negativity and what they produce out there is designed to instill fear into people's hearts and minds. That's what it's designed to do because a fearful population is an easy population to control. I talked about this in detail. I did a whole psychological analysis on COVID and what was going on with that and the aspects of using fear through the mask and fear through the six-foot number, the six-foot apart from everything, how there were sixes on all the doors and the numerology and every single thing they did. It was all about instilling fear. And the problem with it is fear has no place in reality when you're trying to function properly. You know, good, healthy fear of saying, hey, if I step off the front of this bus, it's going to get hit. I probably step back. That's completely different. But living in a constant state of worrisome fear because you're afraid what might happen tomorrow or the next day is not healthy whatsoever. And that's what they constantly push on everybody all the time. They want people to be fearful because when you have fear, you can keep them controlled. And you can mind control them much, much easier because people don't ask questions. When you're saying, hey, I'm here from the government and we're here to help you out because you need to be scared. You need CDC said you need to go all three of your shots right now. You need to go get them right now. You don't you understand. You've got to get them right now. How about when somebody goes to the doctor's office? The doctor goes, oh, your cholesterol's a 210. It's a 210. Oh, you, you got to have a heart attack right now. You can have right to second on your way home. you got to get on a statin drug right now. Also, somebody goes, ah, okay, go in the store, get, get my prescription, get my statin drug. That's how they keep people trained. Don't live in fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of sound mind. Always remember that, my friends. So keep the truth up there on a regular basis. Talk about what's really happening. Encourage one another to do the same. If you guys need anything, you know where to get a hold of us, healthmasters.com. Make sure you pick up the inacetyl cysteine today if you want to grab some of that on sale with the 12 days coupon that's active. And also be sure to vote for what you want to see win tomorrow with magnesium brain food going up on sales product of the week. Or take advantage of the muscle blast formula we also have right now on sale. Incredibly good at maintaining muscle maintenance, muscle recovery, muscle strength, muscle endurance. So be sure to check that out. Healthmasters.com. I appreciate the support. You guys have a blessed, safe, awesome night. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.